There we go. If you're listening to this back, I forgot to hit record, so I'm going to repeat what I just said. Um, Self-limiting beliefs are the number one thing that's going to hold you back in getting what you want because the story you tell yourself about who you are, what you're capable of, or what you deserve is the thing that's going to drive all your habits and behaviours. So we're going to delve deep into it. I'm going to pop the chat box up and I want you guys to get as involved as possible because, again, it's all fine and well turning up to the lives and listening along and nodding your head. But if you don't do anything with it afterwards, you'd be as well watching the telly. <laughs> so get involved. So examples of self-limiting beliefs are things that you will say, I am or I can't. So I'm a binge eater. I can't lose weight. I'm no good at writing. I'll go back to that one in a minute. That was something I was told. Um, I always fail. I can't do that. How many of you said that to me in the gym? Can't do that. Um, weekends are harder to stay on track. I'll try. Never say I'll try. If you ask me on a night out and I'll say, oh, yeah, I'll try and be there. I'm not coming. <laughs> it's a polite way or a way that we think we appease ourselves. So we're not saying I won't do it, but we've no intention of doing it. I'll try. I'm not coming. I'm not coming. So if you truly believe that you're a binge eater, I am a binge eater. Well, you're going to behave in accordance with that. So you're going to binge eat. When things get stressful, tough, emotional, I'm a binge eater. This is what I do. I'm going to go and binge eat. This is my behaviour. Um, the flip side of this is also true, which is great. I can't lose weight. I think I told you all the story about the girl who said she couldn't get under 70 kilos. Self-limiting belief right there that she just could she convinced she couldn't do it she could when she didn't know what weight she was I'm no good at writing so I was told this at school because I don't read books I read factual books I love a good nutrition book or a mindset book um, and one of my clients has just written a book so I've ordered it um, and now I have to read a, a fictional book and I have to do it because she I've, I feel like I've been through the whole journey with her um, so yeah, I was told I wasn't any good at writing. So then when I became um online coach, there's a lot of social media that you have to write. And I was like, how the hell am I going to do that? I'm not good at writing. Turns out I'm not that bad. But something somebody told me. So self-limited beliefs can be things you've told yourself based on past experiences. It can also be childhood messages that you've had. Maybe you've had parents. So really good example of the flip side of this. My mum has always been overweight. She's not now, but she like for most of her, my, me growing up, mum was overweight. And she always used to say to me, wait until you hit puberty, you'll put on weight. You'll be like me. And guess who had anorexia around puberty? So messages that you are given... And again, I'm not blaming my mum for anything there. We all, like, I'm a parent. I'm sure I'll fuck my kids up just as much. <laughs> but um, messages that are sent to you. Um, I remember somebody saying to me at school, you never finish anything. So I believed that for a long time. So guess what? I never finished anything. I would start it and I'd be full of enthusiasm. And then I'm like, mm, God, I know. and I wouldn't finish it. That was something I did for a long time. Um, I always fail. So if you go into, let's say, a six-week challenge saying, I always fail, well, then you're not going to go in wholeheartedly because what's the point? Because you're going to fail. You know it. You know it to be true. I can't do that. Like I say, Jenna, you had that great example this morning of actually you can do that. Um, weekends are harder to stay on track. If you believe that, then they will be. And I'll try. We've already said that one. Biggest lie you'll ever tell yourself. You will not try. You don't want to do it. And you're appeasing whoever you're talking to by saying, well, I'll try not going to happen even to yourself I'm going to try and do that next week 
take the, take the word out. So changing these self-limiting beliefs is often about just changing a word and then telling yourself that. So pop in the chat box, what are some of your self-limiting beliefs? Everybody put one in. You'll get far more out of this if you put something in there. I'll tell you one of mine while you're frantically typing away. So obviously we've got high roads coming up in March um, and my coach trains a lot of, of the elite athletes. So I'm very much a newbie in the, the kind of pool of people that she coaches. So when we go on calls like this, I always feel a bit like, oh my God, these people are like absolute machines. Um, but they're machines because they did the work. So at the beginning of this, I'm never going to be like them. And do you know what? I'll maybe never get a world record. Probably won't. But, oh, we self-limiting belief here. You see that? Jump in. I'm going to get a world record. Um, but they are there where they are because they put the work in and because they believed they could do it. Not, some of them are athletically gifted and 20 years my junior, but the majority of them don't just rock up at high and do it. They, they are uncomfortable in the workouts. They train bloody hard and they believe that they can achieve it. So there's one of mine at the moment that I'm battling with quite a lot. Okay, I don't have time. Um, I'm not worthy. That's a big one. That's a big one, Terry. Um, and I think a lot of people will possibly feel like that, whether you want to admit it or not. Right, we have got, how many have we got here? One, two, three, four, five, six, five. We need five comments in the chat box. Let's go. Jillian, Jenna, Jillian's in. I'll start again tomorrow. That's kind of like I'll try, isn't it? That's kind of similar to that. Um, and if you start again tomorrow, it means you don't have to do anything today, doesn't it? it gives you an out for today. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to sit and wait on the other two. Come on, Jenna. <laughs> can you not figure it out? You can unmute if it's easier. I may not be good at whatever. Christine. Hi, Christine. We're just going through self-limiting beliefs and what your self-limiting beliefs are. So we'll start with Rosie's while the rest of you are um, jumping in. So I don't have time. So I'm going to say most of us are super busy. I know all of you are really busy. How much time do you spend on your phone? <laughs> on your phone and go to your screen time. Um, when I was away, uh, it was my uncle's funeral and we had to travel down. There was a lot of downtime and uh, I downloaded Candy Crush. Oh, oh my God. There was a guy playing on the plane. I said, oh, I've not played that for years. But have a look at your screen time. So how much time do you waste? Me now is significant, significant amount more. Um, but how much time do you waste on your phone? How much time do you waste on things that don't get you where you want to go? So I have a deal with myself with Candy Crush now. It's like an addiction. <laughs> These people are genius at their thing. But I have a deal. I can go on it once everything else is done. So when I sit down at night, I go on it. I cannot go on it in the morning. I cannot go on it while I'm having a cup of tea. I have a deal with myself. So that's them's the rules. Um, what I might do, actually, in the other group, so the kind of group, some of you are in it as well, but um, in the other group... Um, you kind of go to after you've graduated your, your first initial programme. 
I do a Sunday setup or I've started restarted doing a Sunday setup. And the one this week is really quite good around having rules for yourself. So rules are black and white. Like it's it's not like, oh, these are my guidelines. Rules are black and white. And most of you, I'm going to assume, are, are follow rules because you're not in prison or you've not punched somebody in the face. Like you follow rules. That's not allowed. So it was about having rules for yourself. I'll upload it onto the group. Um, and you can have a little listen to it. It's not that long. But it might give you an idea of boundaries around things. And then if you do, so I have weeks where I don't have time. One of my training sessions last week was meant to be an hour and I did it in 25 minutes. I didn't do it super fast. I just only had 25 minutes in between dropping core off and the class starting. So rather than doing none of the workout, I did 25 minutes of it. And that's better than nothing. So on the times when you're genuinely spread really thin, there's still a way around it. I'm not worthy. Terry, that's a big one, isn't it? So that obviously comes down from some kind of experience that you've had along the way and you've been led to believe that that's the case. And the questions up here um, should help you go through it. What evidence do you have for that? So let's pretend you're in a court of law and you've got to prove beyond reasonable doubt that that is absolutely true. Could you do it? And can you rewrite that story as well? Now, You'll all have heard of like saying little mantras to yourself or affirmations. So if today, this very second, Terry's not feeling worthy, and then I'm telling her to look in the mirror and say, I am worthy, you're probably not going to believe it. So I'm not a huge fan of completely flipping it. But you could change that to, I am working on myself to believe I'm worthy, rather than one to the other. You're probably not going to believe it when you say it, and you have to really feel it and engage with it. So you really feel that you're not worthy. You feel that like deep down inside. And if, if it's just as easy a thing, I am worthy, wouldn't that be great? But if you can change it to, I'm going to work every day to prove to myself that I'm worthy, I'm going to look after myself, then that can hopefully help rewrite that story a little bit. I'll start again tomorrow, Gillian. I don't know if you, you're on the other group, but I don't know whether you've um, listened to that Sunday setup, but this might be a good way for you to use rules to say, it gets done today to the best of my ability. So there are days that run away with us. There's days where things just don't happen. Um, unwell last week, I missed, what, three days of training? Um, it, it, it wasn't going to happen then. There'll be days where it doesn't happen. But when you see it as a recurring thing of, actually, I'm just making excuses here. I'm not going to start again tomorrow. Or I might start again tomorrow, but I'm doing myself out of, even if I'm it's lunchtime you've mucked out, I'm doing it myself out of half a day's results here. And think about that 2p going in the slot every time. So you've missed a couple of two Ps, but the sooner you start putting them in, the sooner the payout comes. Um, that you might not be good enough at whatever. Um, you might not be. Yet. So sometimes it's a, a case of changing a word. Like if you, for example, your first TRX class, for example, Kayleigh, you probably wouldn't be. You've never done it before. Why would you be? Like, why would you be good at it? A lot of things you have to practice and practice and practice. Um, a lot of the time when I'm demoing um, exercises, people say, oh, you make it look so easy. It's not my first time doing it. <laughs> Do you know, I have done this for years and years and I'm still learning and I'm still perfecting technique. So you might not be. And then how would that fit? If you could just walk into somewhere and accept that actually this is my first time doing it. I think I've told you about one of my um, mind tech coaches. He, said, he always says, what did you expect? Did you expect to be good enough on day one? And then it's, uh, the other thing is defining what good enough is. Define good enough. What was What is good enough? And then how do you know whether you are it or not it? Because a lot of the time you just go, I'm not good enough. 
but why? So one of the girls that's doing high rocks, she's actually, um, she'd never run before and she's absolutely a really talented runner, we've discovered. Um, and she is having complete doubts about her ability to do high rocks. And I was like, right, send me a, a, a list back um, of all the things you think you're not going to be able to do. And she couldn't do it. She couldn't send me anything that she wasn't going to be able to do because it was just, I'm not going to be able to do it. What are you not going to be able to do? Get specific about it. So the story is, I'm not good enough. But why? What is good enough? Is good enough just finishing? Is good enough doing it in half an hour? Do you know, what is good enough? And actually, when she sat and went through it and was logical about it, she can do it all. She can absolutely do it all. I'm going to say she's going to be one of the top finishers as well. But that self-doubt's in there. So can you rewrite these stories? Um, I'll do that tomorrow, Jenna, yeah. Do you do it tomorrow? No. So bullshit. <laughs> bullshit stories. So some of these are self-living beliefs, some are bullshit stories. And we know they are. We absolutely know they are. My thing, I'll have, I'll have one chocolate digestive biscuit, although I do want to show off that last night I had one chocolate digestive biscuit. But do you know what I said? I was sitting hovering about going, oh, because there was one left. So there was two in the packet. I had one, which left one. And I said to myself, no, we're not doing it because that's not who I am. So rewriting that story because my habit is I always have a two. <laughs> I tell myself I'm having one, I always have, I have two. But I changed the story to I that's not who I am. I had one, that's enough, that's fine. Not starving. You're good. So I feel that is my massive win for the week that I left one, one in the jar. One in the jar, get me. So yeah, bullshit stories. Be careful of them as well. Rewrite them. So just changing that to that's not who I am. It's not what I do. And walked away. I mean, I was sitting thinking about it for a wee while, but I didn't do it. So whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So Henry Ford, and that's part of the I can and I will. So if you think you can do something, you'll go all in and you'll do everything to make it happen because I can do it. Okay, there's an obstacle, but I know I can do it. If you think you can, oh, there's an obstacle, I knew I can do it. So the predictor of success is your thoughts about your ability, not your actual ability. So that same example I'm using with the, like, the Hyrox guys that are part of my coach's team, I'm just like, oh, I can't do what they do. But why not? Like, they're not superhuman. They're just normal people. One of the kind of top place in women in the UK is exactly like me. She's got two kids. She's a PT. Oh, I've lost you all. Hang on. She's a PT. She's pretty much exactly like me, but roughly the same age, maybe five or six years younger. So she can do it, so can bloody I. So my thoughts of I can't do it meant I wasn't going all in on my training because maybe I'm not good enough. So I'll read that to you again. A predictor of success is your thoughts on your ability, not your actual ability. You can learn things along the way. But if you go in all effort, all kind of self-belief that this is going to happen, it might not happen as quickly as I want it to, it never does, whether it's fitness, fat loss, um, building a business, whatever it is, it never happens as quickly as you want it to. And there are always, always little trip-ups on the road along the way. But if you firmly believe you can, then you will, 100%. We're going to look at about proactive and reactive behaviours. So proactive is taking the initiative. We're responsible for our own lives. Behaviour is a function of your decisions and not your conditions. So let's say you prep all your food, you've prepped like a boss on a Sunday, you've got it all laid out, 
Um, you've got your workout clothes all done and then overnight there's a flood in your house and your clothes are soaking and you wake up and there's water pissing through the roof. Well, you can be proactive or reactive in that situation. So proactive would be going, okay, workout has to wait. Food's, food's there. I've got that for later on, but for right now I need to deal with this. But you know what? After the point I've made all the phone calls, there's not a lot I can do. I have to just wait for workmen and whatever. So could I go for a walk, a run? I can still eat my healthy food. Reactive people are often driven by feelings, circumstances and conditions in their environment. Whereas proactive people are driven by their values. So if your value is I'm happy, healthy, I look after myself, then you will carry on with that. Reactive people are normally the people you see like losing their shit in the car, <laughs> like, you know, getting road rage, very reactive. My husband's like that. So we're in, if you're stuck in a traffic jam, he's like, oh, for goodness sake. And he's like, he'd been using my car because he's been in the garage and somebody said, oh, are you losing your nut on the standing stone? And I was like, oh, it's not on the standing stone. And I was like, oh, that'd be James. Weaving in and out, weaving. It's not going to get you anywhere. I always say, we're going to have to sit here. Like, there's no point having a bitch fit about it. Like, there's no way around it. So proactive and reactive. So when we're talking about fat loss, what circumstances would pop, pop up? So this is a case of kind of almost having a plan B. What circumstances might pop up that if they do, and it messes with your schedule. So today went right out the window for me. Um, I was all set. I was going to get such a productive admin day done. I hate admin. Always on a Monday to get out of the way. And then Jen messaged saying, I've got a last minute appointment at the hospital. Can you cover my PTs? I was like, no, I've got a plan. <laughs> I've got a plan. So that all went tomorrow um so being proactive about having a plan b and your sunday of planning your week out so terry you're a boss at this when you've got this all planned out it all happens so when's my workouts happening have i got my food prepped have i done my food shop being proactive about it not waking up and going oh well i've trained today i don't know i don't, I don't think i feel like it um oh nothing clean somebody didn't come to pews because uh, they didn't have a clean bra that almost goes with um leaving your trainers outside. Put the dirty one on. It's going to get dirty anyway. It's half now. Anyway, um, so yeah, in, in circumstances like that, you've got planned and prepped and you know what's happening. It's not a decision you have to make. I'm training on Monday. It's happening. It's a rule. Um, this, this and this is what I'm having for breakfast, lunch and dinner. You've proactively planned that out. So it's not a decision you have to make. You have... 50 billion decisions to make in a day. If you can take, if you can minimize the decision process throughout that by being proactive, then you're onto a winner. You're onto a winner. You're not going to have that get into the kitchen at night going, oh, what am I going to have for tea? I can't be arsed. I'm going to get a takeaway. All right. So trying to be proactive about your week rather than reactive. Oh, my screen's gone funny. You've all gone to the top. So effectively, you are in control of your behavior. It's a conscious choice you make based on your values. And this is where we look at your why. And we'll do that in a second. If you have a strong value about something, so um, with fitness professionals, most of them are in their 20s and want loads of money. That's pretty much the, the scene. Um, if you look at any people that are doing similar things to me, I'm glad I'm older when I did it. But their value is to make money. My value is to help people. So it's two different kind of um, motivations to turn up to work. So they just want to get as many people in and as many uh, bucks going into their bank account as possible. 
that will never, has never and will never excite me at all. Um, one of the girls had put on that she was selling all of her, I saw on Facebook, she was selling all of her plus size clothes, um, or she was giving them away actually. Um, and then she sent me a message saying that I used to always just look through the shop window and now I can go in the shop and buy the clothes. See that for me, that's like cha-ching, that's a massive paycheck. So it's different values. So those values will drive my decisions. And I've had business coaches before say, no, 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 you don't do that. You need to charge more, you need to do this. You need to cram as many people in as possible. And I, it just never sat with me. So my behaviours, decisions, things that I've done have been ba based on that value of helping people rather than being a millionaire. Some of these people earn like what I earn in a year, in a month. It's ridiculous. But I couldn't be that person. I don't know how to give people attention. So rather than being a victim of your circumstances and blaming everything on everyone, everything else and everyone else. Ever done that before? You've done it with like your partner? It's your fault. It's your fault I can't go to the gym or it's your fault that this has happened. Um, I'm sure we all have. Um, regardless of what's going on around you, I want you to still be able to do your core habits and behaviours that look after you. Um, I don't think Lynn's on the call, but Lynn's someone who's super, super busy um, and is struggling to fit it all in. And I was saying you need to be able to look after yourself. You absolutely need to look after yourself because you don't have infinite energy. You don't have infinite mental energy either. You need to be able to look after yourself. So what the weather's like, who's talking negatively about you, what happens to you, you're in control and you have the choice. You just don't feel like you do sometimes. But I need you to know that you do. And you've got the ability to respond in a way to have a positive influence on your results, your goals, um, and your own life. And all that takes is a little pause. So like my little pause at the chocolate digestives. Nope, that's not who I am. Rather than mindlessly going, well, I always have to. That'd be a story. I'll tell myself I'm a person who also says chocolate digestive, at least. So think about how you can break. So let's say you're in the chocolate digestive scenario. How can you break that? How can you just have a wee pause where you can make a conscious and proactive decision? Um, one of my clients got a post-it note and put on the inside of our um like sweetie drawer thing, crisps and chocolate drawer, and it just said stop and think. And it was just a post-it note that said stop and think. So she wasn't saying you can't have the chocolate digestive or you can't have two. What she was doing was making a conscious choice around it rather than, well, I always have two or whatever it is. I always have a packet of crisps after dinner. Stop and think and then make your choice. Don't make judgments on what that choice is, but it's a conscious choice and that you would be happy with that choice. So if we can create a paradigm. Now, I didn't know what a paradigm was until I did Seven Habits of effective people but a paradigm is your point of view so your belief around a situation um and try and shift the negative away from the difficult challenges so today like i'm someone who loves structure and and this is what i do on a monday so when jen came in i was like you know you've just messed with me completely now because i've had to, to jump into this and change my plans but i had to just take a minute and go it's fine it's absolutely fine just do what you need to do. I enjoy coaching people, so that's not a chore. It was it was all good, but I just had to change my point of view on how today was going to go. So that might happen to you, like I'm going to boss my training, I'm going to do this tonight, and then you have to late, work late or whatever it is, and it goes out the window. How can you think about what, what can you control and be unapologetically you in the process? 
So here's the story about different perspectives. Um, two shoe salesmen both sent to a third world country to sell shoes. And they're sent out, they're taken to the office and say, the person that comes back, sold them those shoes, gets the big promotion. So they both go out and they try their best to sell shoes and then they both come back and the manager takes them in the office individually. And the first one says, it's impossible. Nobody wears shoes. Like, I can't sell shoes. Nobody wears shoes. They're all barefoot. And the other salesman comes back and says, this is amazing. Nobody wears shoes. Like, nobody has a pair of shoes. I can sell to absolutely everybody. So the same circumstances, the same job to do, the same outcome that they're wanting, but two very different perspectives. So one of them's gone out and gone, this is pointless. Nobody's got shoes. And the other one's going, this is amazing. Nobody's got shoes. It's the same thing, but it's just a different point of view or paradigm about the situation that you're in. So if you're feeling really negative about something or feeling fed up with your progress, how can you shift that mindset? So at some point you'll be like, I wish I was getting more progress. I wish I was losing more weight. It always happens. And if we're in a position where we're stuck, then yeah, maybe we need to look at it. Um, but nine times out of 10, you're doing just fine and you're just trying to rush the process. So have a think about the things that you tell yourself, the stories you tell yourself, where you can possibly change your point of view on it. You just assume that the way you see things are the way they really are or that they should be. So I hear that a lot from people. I should be fitter. I should be thinner. I should be this. I should be that. Should you? Based on your behaviours, should you? Like, should I be able to compete with those other athletes based on my behaviour? No, I don't train like they do. I am now, since I changed my, my kind of mindset around it. But before, no, I shouldn't be able to. So should you have lost weight? Have you stuck to your nutrition? Have you done your training? Have you done your steps? Um, I have a lot of people who try and under-eat on their calories and then come in and try and train and they're exhausted, there's no fuel in their body. And then they say, I should be able to do this. Well, why should you? It's like saying, I've not filled my car up for two weeks, but I should be able to drive to Edinburgh. I shouldn't. So having a think about the behaviours you do and how things actually should be, not in your head, but in reality, when you look at your behaviours, how should they be? Um. We don't see the world as it is, but as we are or as we're conditioned to see it. So as women, we are conditioned to a lot of beliefs of how we should be. That um, speech in the Barbie movie is amazing, like, be thin but not too thin. You know, be pretty but not too pretty. Um, you know, all these things that we are conditioned that we have to be, and that's a whole other life that could go on for ages. But think about what you actually want, what are your values, and how do you want to go about it? So as a client who was, I think she was a size 24 when she started, I think I said this before, she was a size 16, got to a size 16 and she was absolutely delighted. She was happy, she felt like she could do stuff. She, she She's like, kind of like, I feel happy here, but I should be about a size 12, 14. Well, why should you? She was happy where she was. So social media, whoever will tell you you need a six pack, a size eight and a thong bikini. 100% no, never wearing one of them. Um, no, if that's not you, it's not you. The problem, I've got to get um, a bit of Jack Sparrow in there, obviously. The problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem. There is never, never a truer word said. Same as the shoe salesman. Your, the problem is not the problem, it's your attitude about the problem. 
So have a think about when you stumble across a challenge or something that is got in your way, how can you change? How can you change your mindset about it? So a lot of this way around self-limiting beliefs, how can you change any negative thoughts you have about who you are, what you're worth, or what you're capable of? Because that's a game changer, absolute game changer. Since I've kind of went, well, no, I'm not going to be like them because I don't train like them. I've, I've bossed every tra every training session. And I'm actually really annoyed with myself because I've been cheating myself out of progress all this time by playing it a bit safe and a bit comfortable. And actually, yeah, you know, all of you that say, oh, I'm going to die. And I say, nobody's died in here. I'm kind of saying, I'm going to die. But you know what? I leave there buzzing, like buzzing, absolutely buzzing. I've had to change what time I'm training tomorrow because there's a couple of PTs in and I don't want to be overly dramatic. <laughs> so your why. So when we talk about your values and your behaviours coming from those values, what are your goals? If we break it just down to the next seven days, what are your goals for tomorrow, for the week? What do you want to achieve? Put some things in the chat or unmute, whatever's easier. I've been talking for ages. A goal for either the next day or the week. Sometimes if you just break it down with my work, I break it down into days. Like, what do I want to achieve by the end of today? Yesterday, um, was like a life admin day. And then I decided to throw a walk in as well. So that took up extra time. Um, so I literally had a tick list and ticked it off as I went. I just made sure it all got done. I felt bloody brilliant at the end of the day. Um, to try a new class, Jenna, have we decided which one? No, I'll get you tomorrow. Um, come on, hit me with some goals. So Jenna is in Fuse in the morning and has only ever done Fuse. So she feels like that's her little safe space and a little crowd that she knows. Um, but anybody who's on here that's coming to class will tell you. It's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. Uh, to put my feet on the floor when my alarm goes off and get to Fuse. Hit your protein, runs in the morning. Jillian, uh, going to wait Thursday to Sunday, so I'm going to have fun but not get the arse out. <laughs> You've been listening. <laughs> You've been listening. Um, so yeah, Terry, so then that is around, so your habit is possibly that your alarm goes off, you hit snooze and you think, oh, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> um, so start this kind of change in the story today. I'm a person who gets up when my alarm goes off. Boom. As of tomorrow, I'm a person that goes off, gets up when my alarm goes off. You will feel amazing for it. You know all the positives for doing it. It's just sometimes it becomes a habit and then a story. Um, hip protein runs in the morning. So, yep. Now, with these goals, why are they important? Why is it important to try a new class? Why is it important to hit your protein? Why is it important to get diffused? Why is it important not to kick the arse out of it? Why does it matter whether you do that or not? Like, if you didn't do it, would it matter? Christine to take lessons in technology. It's a small step to get to the end goal. Things won't change. Right, so why is it important then to get to the end goal? Why is it important for change? Digging deep. Things won't change. Why is it important that they change? Like an annoying child here. Why? 
Oh, Christine. <laughs> I've done that before. I've done that before. It's fine. I think we've all done it. Why is it important that things change, Jenna? And Terry, why is it important you take that small step? Why do you want the change? Be really annoying. The dog's found something under my desk, I don't know what it is. Hard, doesn't it, to ask these questions? Get comfortable being uncomfortable. I say that to myself so much just now. So much. To get myself away from thinking negatively about something and becoming positive and proud of myself again. The dog agrees. Um, I'm going to have to shout at her in a minute because she comes over, I pat her, and then she starts chewing my arm. Um, you want to be healthier and fitter. And again, we go down the road of, well, why is that important? Why does it matter whether you're healthy and, healthy and fit? All of these things. So that will lead you to your values. See, now it's that about you. Go away. Go away. Go away. I do the pretend stand-up. Um, so all of these things will drag you to the real important reason as to why you need to believe in yourself, why you need to feel like you're worthy, or you might need to be prepared to not be good at something to start with. What are the consequences of not doing it? So, Terry, what are the consequences of not hitting the floor with your feet when your alarm goes off? Jenna, what's the consequences of not trying a new class? And the other bit is of not doing what you said you would do. You start to build trust in the fact that you don't do what you said you're going to do. So then your self-belief around, right, I'm going to lose a pound this week. Oh, I, don't, I never really do what I say I'm going to do. So probably won't do that either. Whereas if you can build trust in that you do do what you said you were going to do, then when you say you're going to do something, you know that you can do it, you've got that self-belief that you're going to do it, it'll happen. And what's possible if you did do everything you said you were going to do? Think about the possibilities. What's the positives of doing it? And this is where we've got to think about long-term thinking, kind of like what your future self would thank you for. Somebody sent me, um, I put a, my phone's in the other room, but a post on Instagram, it was shared from someone else. And it was um, those, those workouts you do when you didn't want to go and you leave feeling bloody amazing. That's that future you thanking you for getting off your arse and doing that. Um, I let myself down again and again. Not this time. Not this time. So changing that story. So there, there's a, a belief that I let myself down and down time and time again. So I'll probably do it this time. So is there any point in putting loads of effort in? Not really, because I let myself down. Change it. Change the story. You've got the power to change. You can change in a second just by changing the narrative. You can literally, boom, I'm not that person anymore. I don't want to be that person. That person is not a happy person or a fulfilled person or confident person, whatever it is. I don't want to be that person anymore. So here's what I'm going to do. And it's uncomfortable. Like anything new, it's uncomfortable to begin with. Um, Jillian's saying, I started infuse Jenna and then went to classes after six months and totally loved the classes. Yeah, you'll be fine, Jenna. It's, it's kind of the same as Fuse. Except you won't know as many faces. It'll be like your first date of Fuse and that was fine. So think about what's possible if you didn't let yourself down this time. You might make some new pals, Jenna. And it's another opportunity to earn the 
so there's two very dramatic people in 6.5 Fuse. Jenna is one of them. And uh, Gemma has brought in a crown, a drama queen crown. Somebody put it on on Saturday though, Jenna, they had not been dramatic enough. I took it off them. I was like, no, no, you've not earned that. Yeah, no, it had not been. No, I was like, no, no, no. She's just on the spin bike with the crown on. <laughs> I was like, oh no, there's been no drama. So yeah, start dreaming, start thinking about if you did these things, how would they make you feel? Versus if you didn't do those things. So if you want change and you keep doing the same thing, do you really want change? Is it really important enough to you? If you really want change, start taking those baby steps. Like Terry had said, like it's the baby step towards the goal. First goal, feet on the floor after the alarm goes off. Everything else falls into place because once that happens, you'll get to the gym and you'll do your workout and you'll feel good. So the goal is quite mini. It's just feet on the floor. Everything else falls into place. So, oh, we've kind of gone over this. So if you can rewrite some of those self-limiting beliefs and connect to your why, so your values, like why is it important that you're fit and healthy? Why is it important that you come to fuse? Why is it important that your mindset changes? And then change some of the self-limiting beliefs. If you do those two together, that is hugely, hugely powerful. How could you rewrite your story? So when you envisage happy and healthy, so I write this down a lot. So one of my... I'm going to put this on the group. I heard it on a, on a podcast and it was, it was great. It was the daily nine they called it. It was three things you're grateful for, three things that you're excited about and three things that you're manifesting. And I've started doing it every day. It's, it's really good because you're like, what am I excited about? Now you're like, oh, I've got this happening or oh, I've got that happening. Um, and then the manifesting thing, I always come back to a happy and healthy me. So I'm not always happy and healthy. I'm sometimes crabbit and really tired because I try and fit millions of things into my life. Um, so how do I go about that? How can I make sure that I am happy and healthy? It always comes back to rest for me. Always, always. I'm terrible at it. Like today's been a rest day. I train six days out of seven. There's only one day I don't train and I've been like, oh, I'll maybe just go for a little run. No, don't do it. If you rewrote your story, so if you pictured this happy, healthy you, write it like you're writing a book. Get a bit of pen and paper, write it down. I am what you're wearing, how you're feeling, how you're holding yourself. This is who I am. Like you're writing a book and you're describing a character of the, the best version of you. And then if you can identify with your why, you can picture your, your best version of you and rewrite some of your self-limit beliefs. How do you think that would affect the actions that you took this week? Hugely. Hugely. So spend a wee bit of time tonight just rewriting self-limiting beliefs. Like I say, it might be changing one word or it might be saying, I am working on. Because going from I am worthy to saying I'm worthy tonight and ta-da, it's all solved. All your problems are solved. It doesn't work, does it? You'll feel like a fraud saying it. But if you say something along the lines of, I, I am working towards feeling worthy and taking actions to do so, then that feels a bit more believable than suddenly I'm worthy where 10 minutes ago I wasn't. Um, I don't have time. You will find, you always find time for things that are important to you. If you think about your day and anything last minute that comes up and you can find time for it, you can find time for it. Maybe limited, might take a little bit more planning and prep and pre-organisation, but there is time in there. And do you know what? There has to be time in there to look after you. It, it's not a, if I've got time thing, like you have to look after you. There's only one of you. 
Your body won't go on for ages. Your mental capacity won't go on for ages. You need to look after you. So how would it change the actions that you took this week? Game changing this. Does anybody have any questions or anything they want to add? Any help rewriting their story? Do it almost like a like a journaling exercise. Like who who do I want to be? What is the best possible me? Where are you working? Like if it's if if you're not in a job you like, where are you working? What are you doing? That comes along kind of manifesting a little bit, doesn't it? When you start picturing things and believing that they're going to happen. So that whole dream, believe, achieve thing, if you can dream big, but you've got to believe in it before they achieve it. So the middle bit is the important bit. You've got to believe that you can do it. If you don't, it ain't going to happen. Absolutely not going to happen. All right, nothing changes if nothing changes. Um, do you advise doing a journal every day? I do. Um, so in the morning, I do a wee 10-minute meditation. I just go on YouTube and I find something that speaks to me on that particular day. Um, so if I'm feeling of no energy, I'll maybe do a meditation for energy. If I'm feeling like I want to be really productive today, so my, my, my um, meditation this morning was about having a productive day and I've had not a productive day. I'll do it again tomorrow. Um, it was actually a really good one. I'll see if I can find it again. Um, it was around success, but around success around anything. So it was actually quite relevant to fat loss as well. Um, and then I spent, it's like five, 10 minutes. So I write my nine things down, my three things I'm grateful for, my three things that I'm excited about, three things that I'm manifesting. And then I just blurb my thoughts. It helps me organize my head. My head is like a washing machine. All these ideas and everything going around and it just helps me organize my head. And then I always write down like my plan of action for the day. So like I'll have like six o'clock views and then eight o'clock walk the dog. Do you know, like I'll have that in and then that just organizes my head. And I know it's the same as like, right, I, of having goals. It's like mini goals for the day. If I know what I'm trying to achieve, then I can just go down the list and tick it off one by one. So I do. Some people journal at night. That's a great idea if you've got, if you're somebody who struggles to get off to sleep because your head's buzzing. I'm normally that tired. My head hits the pillow and I go to sleep. But <clears throat> if you just write things down, so it's quite powerful to write it all down in a book, shut the book. I've got a bedside cabinet, so I put it in the drawer, shut the drawer. So it's almost like you're taking it all out of your head, putting it on paper and then putting it away. So that's quite a good idea. I tend to do it in the morning because I'm too tired at night. Although last night I did journal at night because I just kind of felt like it. I've had a good weekend and I thought I just want to I just want to write it all down. And probably the most important week I'll say this, you can and you will. Anybody else got any other questions they want to ask? About anything. It doesn't have to be about tonight. No. Pop no in the chat if you don't, just so I know I'm not cutting anybody off if they're trying to. Uh, Fiona, yeah, I've got one little question. Um when, so to hit my, I've been hitting my 10,000 steps a day, which I'm really pleased about. But then I suddenly thought, if I'm run, if I go for a run, does my running count in my 10,000 steps? Is that yes. sound silly? No, no, not at all. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Because then I feel like in the middle of the day, I'm like, oh, if I went for a morning run and then I hit my steps, I'm like, I feel like a bit of a fraudster. And no, like because run. you're effectively then so if you're covering ten thousand, what did you say you did four and a half k? So it probably wasn't quite ten thousand. It wasn't quite. It wasn't no. So no, I, I did but then you're still what, all you're you're doing that on top of everything you would do in a normal day anyway. Yeah, I suppose. So the, the reason behind the ten thousand steps is your body's quite clever. When you drop food, it'll drop activity. So we're trying to be a bit more active, but consistently active so that you, you often see okay. people start off dieting and then their fat loss slows down for no apparent reason. But then when you look behind the scenes, they're probably not 
pottering about the house as much or you know, get somebody else to make them a cup of tea instead of going to make a cup of tea. So your body tries to conserve it. It doesn't want to lose weight. You might die in the famine that's coming up. Do you know, <laughs> you're not going to have a famine, but you're physiologically are built like that to survive. So mm-hmm. that's the reason for the 10,000 steps. So if you're getting your activity and actually you're burning more calorie per step as you're going. So, okay. That's so fine then. Absolutely bang on. I, absolutely bang I on. just read somewhere that you shouldn't count your run steps as your actual steps. And I was like, it's, it's additional to yeah. what you're doing. So I, I go on a total of my steps, whether I've run, been for a massive walk, been walking about the gym. So I on Friday, um, I, I'm kind of an average of about fifteen to 20,000 steps a day just in my life. <laughs> so like with Fuse in the morning, I've hit 5,000 steps just walking about, yeah. setting up the class. And, and, but I will have burnt very few calories. So though it sounds like a lot of steps, it's maybe four or five steps at a time. Do you know, I'm not consistently... So if I go for a run and burnt, and did 5,000 steps, I'll have burnt more calories doing those, those steps. But we're just trying to keep a level amount of activity throughout the day. So you're not going to be running every day. So it'll be, it'll be on the days that you're not running, you're bringing up your activity as well. So no, it depends okay. what the purpose is of counting steps, I suppose. But all we're trying to do is make sure that as food drops, your activity is not dropping. Because otherwise that calorie yeah. deficit becomes smaller. Makes sense. You're mm-hmm. Count your steps. <laughs> Count all the steps. <laughs> Anyone else? Are we all good for this evening? All good? Perfect. Right. Week three. Bloody hell. It always flies by these six weeks. But week three. So by the end of this week, you will be halfway through. Um, so any issues at this point, anybody feeling like they should have more progress or worries about anything just give me a shout but as far as I can see from your check-in guys all good all good all good all right I will catch you either in the gym um or in the group and yeah the whatsapp group's all set up um I don't know why I never thought of that before there is Annie who's in the group she's not on Facebook so that would keep her in the loop as well which is quite nice um so yes get chatting away in there and I'll just keep the Facebook page for like uploading videos and stuff like that but i'll upload the sunday setup thing that i recorded for the other group because that might be useful for you too all right that's us guys i will speak to you all soon take care bye